0: Welcome to the Encounter Church podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Hey guys, thanks so much. Welcome this morning. We're excited that you're with us today. Real quick, before I jump into the message, I want to take a moment and pray for our students. We have, let me get the official number here, 19 kids and 15 workers going to kids camp tomorrow. But when we get there, it's not just our kids. We're going to be joined together with about 608 to 12-year-olds. Come on. It's going to be an incredible week in God's presence. I want to challenge you, pray today, pray tomorrow, pray Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're coming back Friday. Be praying that God does an incredible work in the hearts of these kids this coming week. Who knows, God could be changing lives radically, eternity in these kids' lives. He can be calling them to be pastors and missionaries. Maybe he's healing physical and emotional scars and wounds in their lives. God can do the incredible this week, amen? Amen, let's take a moment, let's pause and pray. God, I pray right now for all the kids that are gonna be at camp this week. Lord, for those that we're taking, the 19 that we're taking, and joining together with roughly 600 students, Lord, I pray that you will do an incredible work. Lord, that you will begin to stir in the hearts of these kids. Lord, some of them come from very difficult home lives and difficult situations. Lord, some of them have come in with emotional scars and baggage. Lord, I pray that this week, God, you'll set the captive free. Lord, that you will save and restore and heal and put back together these kids. Lord, I pray that this will be a moment, a starting line in many of their lives. We love you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Be praying for our kids this week. It's going to be an incredible time at the campgrounds with all the kiddos. All right, how many of you are ready for the Word of God? Amen. Amen. Praise God, about half of you are ready. The rest of you hopefully will be in just a moment. Well, we are in a series right now that we're simply calling multiply. Man, I've missed this series. The last two weeks, uh, we have kind of sidestepped ahead had a week of, of missions and a week of 4th of July, but man, we are back in this thing, full force, moving forward. We're taking a look at what Jesus had to say to the early church when he told them to go and make disciples. In other words, to multiply what he began while here on earth. And I want to challenge you Don't just sit in here on a Sunday morning and and hear a message and walk out the door and and leave it in your seat, but begin to apply it. The Bible says if all we do is hear the Word of God, but we fail to be a doer of the Word of God, if all we do is let it go in one ear and dump out the other side, then we're just fooling ourselves and we're really just wasting our time. Now, I don't want to waste your time this morning. Your time's valuable. So I'm going to do my absolute best in the next 30 to 35 minutes just to speak into your life, to to give you a little bit more of what God's Word has to say and allow you the opportunity, come on, look at that, the opportunity to grab a hold of it. Now the responsibility, once I speak these words that God has given to me, then it's your responsibility to grab a hold of it and implement it into your life, right? Right? I can't force feed you. Man, so many times I've heard people come in and they're like, well, I'm not going to such and such church anymore because I'm not being fed. Can I just tell you, that's a pretty foolish statement. That's like going to, to the golden trough up here and saying, well, I walked in the trough the other day and I just didn't get fed when I was in there. The question is, did you ever get out of the seat and go to the buffet? Come on. Come on, let me move on. That's not even in my notes. That's all free right there. (laughs) Now, as we've walked through the book of Acts, up to this moment, we have found people that previously uh, had zero backbone, no backbone whatsoever, when it came to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But suddenly, there's this newfound hope, this, this boldness as a result of the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But three weeks ago, we discussed the fact that if we're not careful, we will find ourselves just chasing religion and bypassing the Savior. We see that occurring in our culture today where we're satisfied with the religion, but we, we don't care enough to really press in and grab a hold of the good news Of Jesus Christ. And then for many, they take that a step further. They're guilty of becoming satisfied simply with the idea of religion and leaving the Holy Spirit in the back room, never to be mentioned or never to be implemented. But Jesus was very clear. The Holy Spirit is not only important, but the Holy Spirit is vital. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning and say, the Holy Spirit is vital. Those of you that are watching online, put that in the chat. The Holy Spirit is vital. We need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit more today than ever before. But here's the question that begs to be asked today as we move into our next portion of the book of Acts. Are you willing... To follow the leading of God, or are you satisfied with your own plans? Come on, let that sink in just for a moment. Are you willing to lean in, to press in, to follow? the plan and the purpose that God has set before you. Now, now in this room right now, if I was to ask you that question, many of you would say, oh, yeah, pastor, I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm able, let's do it, let's go. But what happens when the rubber meets the road? What happens when the difficulty of life comes your way? What happens when things really begin to press in a little harder? Are you willing to follow God's plan? Or are we just satisfied with what we've discovered by ourselves? The book of Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 says this, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Come on, how many of you know men have a lot of plans? Come on, we have a lot of ideas. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. In other words, we can journey on our own, in our own direction, and our own pursuit, with our own plans, we can create our own agenda, but only the purpose, only the plan of God will truly stand the test of time. I want to challenge you. Press in to the very will of God. Don't just be a hearer of his word, but be a doer of his word. Take upon this mandate that Jesus set in motion to go and make disciples, to to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone. Now we find ourselves in chapter twenty. Of the book of Acts. At this moment, Paul is beginning to address the leaders at the church of Ephesus. Now, in this brief address, he discusses four basic truths, and that's what I wanna talk about this morning. But some of you, when I said that Paul was addressing the leaders, some of you said, Great, this is a great day for me to zone out. Now is my chance to write my grocery list. For the week now is my opportunity to get out my to-do app and write my to-do list because now pastor's going to talk to the leaders and he's not really talking to me because I'm not a leader they're a leader I'm just a spectator on the sidelines but I can, can I tell you as John Maxwell says leadership is influence and every one of us have influence. There are people that you can influence that I can't influence. There are people that you come in contact with that I don't come in contact with. Guess what? That's your opportunity to be a leader. And here as we look at the book of Acts and Paul is speaking to the leaders, it is assumed that the leadership will then take that information and pass it on to the church body. And that's my desire today. I want to pass on to you the wisdom that we find in Acts chapter 20. Look what it says in Ephesians 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility, come on, look at this, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church. Lord, build your church Build it from the ground up. Build up the church, the body of Christ. So here, Paul is speaking to the leadership at the church of Ephesus, and he's sharing these four points that we're going to discuss today, four truths that are given to us in this idea of multiply, but now as he's given it to us, it's our responsibility to pass it on to one another. So here we go, four truths. I want to encourage you to take really good notes today. You can go to the church app. You can grab that at your favorite app store. Look for Encounter Church AG. You can get the paper copy if you're old school, however you want to do that. But take really, really good notes today. Truth number one is this. We are given one message. Church, we have one message. The mission for every church is really the same. To go and make disciples, to, to share the good news with everyone, everywhere. Now, we phrase it a little different. Here we say love, reach, and power, but really, isn't that the Great Commission? We love them, we reach them, we empower them, we, we go and we make disciples, we raise up followers of Christ, we populate heaven. We are given one message, the method, the way that we do things may change, it may alter from time to time, but the core, the foundation of what we believe and the the mandate that's set before us is the truth, this one mission, one message. Acts chapter 20, verse 20 and 21 says this, Paul is speaking, he says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. Either publicly or in your homes, I have been, I have had one message. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, one message. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what side of the street you grew up on. It doesn't matter your economic background. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter any of these things. The truth of the fact is this. God loves you, and I've got a message for you. That's what he's saying here. He says, I've never shrunk back from telling you what you need To hear the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. The notes in my fire Bible, one of my study Bibles states that Paul preached everything that he believed was needed or necessary or useful for the Christian life. Anything that was of benefit to the listener. Paul took the opportunity to share. He didn't just preach what was easy. He didn't just preach what they wanted to hear. He gave them the truth that they needed. And I've stated this before as a church. We must be a people that speak the truth and not just build off the fluff or the compromise that the world is trying to offer. Come on. We must be a people, not just me as the pastor up here, but as a church, we've got to stand upon the foundation of God's word. We've got to build his church on the foundation of who he is. If we try to build his church on any other foundation, it's not gonna work. Amen? We've got to build on the truth of God. We've got to build on the truth of of his word. We got to build on the fact that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die. That sin is still sin. That truth never changes. And that's what Paul is getting at here. The message of turning from a life of sin and turning toward a life of repentance and loving God, it's it's one message, not compromised. With the world, but a message of truth. But if we are being honest, this trap, this spiral of sin, is so easy to fall into. We read in Galatians chapter one, Paul is work or was speaking to the church, and he says, "This I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God." Now, now here's the problem. He, he goes on to say the God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ, you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. In other words, man, it looked really good. It somewhat resembled the idea of the good news of Christ. But here's the problem. It was tainted. It was perverted. It was twisted. And it's not quite right. Church, that's what society is trying to do. They're trying to put in this twisted, perverted message into the church. And, and many churches, I'm sad to say this, are grabbing a hold of that. And they're allowing the truth of God's word to be twisted. We've got to rest in God's word and God's word alone. We have one message. One truth. He says you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. We must stick to the word of God, to one message. That message is Jesus came at just the right time and died on the cross to pay the ultimate price for your sin and for my sin. But this good news doesn't stop in the grave, it goes on that Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, he bypassed death, he conquered death, hell, and the grave for you and for me, and now it's, guess what, your move. Now it's your move. Are you willing to grab a hold of this truth? Are you willing to move forward with him? Are you willing to turn from the sin and turn from the junk and turn to the things of God? But now that you know the good news, this one message, it's our mandate to go and share it. To multiply it. For the kingdom of god and that gives us our second truth we're given one purpose one purpose paul shares that our main concern should not be self come on look at your neighbor this morning look him square in the eyeball and say it's not about you those of you watching online put in the chat it's not about you And how many of you fall in that trap every once in a while? We get into this victim mentality. Come on. We get in this mode of, you know what, I can't believe that you put pickles on my chicken sandwich. And I didn't want pickles on my chicken sandwich. And we throw in little fits. I was in Taco Bell several months ago. And and I was behind this guy. And it was really backed up. and, And honestly, it was terrible. I had been in there like 45 minutes waiting for like, four tacos. It was awful. And this guy in front of me, finally they call his number and he goes up and he wanted his food in a bag to go and they put it on a tray. Dude threw a fit right there in Taco Bell. And he finally he's like, you just keep it. I don't want it. And he walked out the door. And she goes, but you paid for it. (laughs) I don't understand. Sometimes we think it's all about us. We get in this victim mode and nothing else works. And even in our spiritual world, we think it's all about us. But truth be told, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about those that are broken and lost. It's about that hurting one. It's about the one that has run away from God. For God so loved the world. And it's our responsibility, church. Our purpose is to share that good news. Our purpose is to share that hope, to be that light in the dark world. Have you ever thought about that, your purpose? that people all the time tell me, Pastor, I just wish I knew what God's will was for my life. Man, I know the basics. Follow after him. Represent him. Tell people about him. You begin to do that. He's going to work out all the rest of the details. But for some reason, we're satisfied with work, eat, sleep, repeat. Work, eat, sleep, repeat. What are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to work, eat, sleep, repeat. And we think, well, that's my mission. That's my goal. That's my calling. But there's so much more to life than that. We are called for a purpose, the purpose of shining as a light for the glory of God. We are called to build his church. Paul takes it as far as to say this in verse 24. My life is worth nothing. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. He says, I've I've simply wasted my time. I've simply gone through the motions. I've simply just kind of gone through life. If I don't do what he's called me to do, it's worthless. My life is worthless to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That was Paul's goal. That's what he demonstrated to the New Testament church. That's what he demonstrates to you and to me. Not how do I gain more fame. Not how do I gain popularity. Not how do I promote myself and and climb the corporate ladder. No, 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 no. Paul's desire was to reach people for Christ. To multiply for the kingdom of God. And then in Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 he says this, For I fully expect and I hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. As I have been in the past and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or whether I die. He says, man, My heart's desire, more than anything else, more than being known, more than being popular, more than climbing the ladder, more than making riches, my desire is that I will continue to be bold for Christ. Your purpose and my purpose here on earth is not just to take up space. You are worth so much more than a two and a half by two and a half square. Because really, that's about the space that we take up. Some more, some less. A lot of us more after COVID, but it works okay. We're worth so much more than just the little square of space that we take up. We are called for a purpose, we've got one message. We've got one purpose. Then he goes on to say this, Ephesians chapter 4, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here in prison for the master, by the way, he was locked up for sharing the good news of Christ, he says, I want you to get out there and walk. Some of you, you paused right there, you're like, all right, I can do that. I can walk, now if someone was to tell me that I had to run a 5K, I'd be like, no, 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 for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain, okay? So I'm not gonna be able to make it running a 5K. But I could walk, right? So it starts with some motion, it starts with I'm gonna get up, it starts with I'm gonna put one foot in front of another. Paul says, here's what I want you to do while you're out there, get up and walk. And then he goes, better yet, run. In other words, push yourself. Press forward. Have initiative. Run on the road that God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Paul says, run with endurance. Resist the urge to be a spectator. And not one moment in this does he say, "Here's what I want you to do"? Now, for a season, I want you to sit on the sideline. I want you to soak in for a bit. I want you just to watch everybody else running about, and I want you just to kind of, kind of meander through life. Get up, work, eat, sleep, repeat. Just do that. It'll be a great day. No, 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 no. So I want you to walk, but again, I want you to run. I want you to run with endurance. I want you to press yourself because the more you press yourself, the greater you're going to grow. If I go to the gym, man, I, I've got to press, I've got to work out, I got to push myself. If I go, oh wow, that's good. One, one lift today, that's good. Woo, man, that was great. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Man, just, oh come on, thirty seconds on the treadmill, man, I'm good. Five seconds on the bike, good, man. Life is great. No, 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 no. You got to get in. And you got to press. I've noticed that the times, and again, I'm going to be truthful. I haven't been to the gym in a while. But the times I've been on the bike, I get about two and a half miles in, and I want to quit. To me, that that's that roadblock moment. But if I can push past that two and a half mile, man, I can go on five, six miles. I can get there. But it's that roadblock moment. I go, I just want to quit. I want to give up. But in that moment, God is saying, I want you to press on. Some of us are like that spiritually. We get into that moment, we get part way through, we get right in the midst of the run, we get right in the midst of the pursuit, and we're like, man, I just gotta quit, I gotta give up, it's getting too hard, it's getting too difficult, but God said, now is the time to press in. I've given you one message, I've given you one purpose. And that purpose is to share the good news of Christ, to share with everyone what I have done in your life. If Paul were here today in the physical flesh, he would look at you and I today, and he would would use words and terminology that we understand. He would simply say, I want you to multiply. I want you to multiply in all aspects of your life. And then there's a third truth. We are given one calling got one message. We've got one purpose. We've got one calling. Verse 28 says this, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Now, this particular truth contains two callings in one. On one side, we have guard yourself. It's kind of like when you're in an airplane and they go through the little routine on the front side of the plane. Like, in the case of an emergency, oxygen masks will fall first. Grab the one for yourself first and then assist the person next to you, right? So, you got to make sure that you're healthy. You got to make sure that you're on the right track. You got to guard yourself spiritually. The word guard literally means to give attention to or even to attach yourself to. This means give great detail to building an impermeable fortress or wall that the enemy cannot tear down. Lord, build your church that the gates of hell cannot prevail. See, church, I want you to understand, the sermon, what I do here, this is not enough. This isn't going to sustain you. This is kind of like that appetizer. That blooming onion. Come on, somebody, right? That's kind of what this is in this moment. But what you have to do once you leave here is to put it into action. Your actions determine your results. I can say all day long, I need to join the gym. But as long as I don't join the gym, as long as I don't go to the gym, I keep looking like this. Yes, round is a shape, but it's not a good shape. Somebody said, speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I don't get any amen all service long. I don't get any encouragement all service long until I say round is not a shape, and then you speak up. So, so how, how do we guard ourselves? How do we make sure that, that we're on the right path? Well, there's three verses that I want you to see. Number one, Psalm 119. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We allow the word of God not just to be incredible words on a page. We allow it to be more than just great stories that we read for entertainment. But we allow it to take root inside of us. So that when struggles and opposition and difficulty comes our way. We have the sword of the Spirit to battle the enemy. Uh, the second is this, Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Oh, you mean, Pastor, I'm supposed to pray more than just Sunday morning? I'm supposed to pray more than, uh, bless this grub? I'm supposed to pray more than now I lay me down to sleep? Absolutely. The Bible says pray at all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. Number three, therefore, since we've been surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In other words, we take the time and do that examination and the things that are slowing us down, the things that are weighing us down, that's what we focus in on. We rid ourselves of that. Why? So we can run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We hide his word, the Bible, in our hearts. We're persistent in our prayers for self and for others. We surround ourselves with other believers to encourage us in the faith. But we don't stop there. We run that faith or that race just as we did in the beginning. We press forward with endurance. And then he says in Ephesians chapter 5, So be careful how you live. Some of you need to change your environments. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, man, I I struggle with this situation in my life. I struggle with that area of my life. I would say you need to change the area that you're living. Change the environment. Change the path that you go to work. Change the path that you come home. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What's the Lord wants you to do? What's your purpose? Well, you've got one message, you've got one purpose, you've got one calling. That's to share the good news of Christ with everyone, everywhere. I said this was two callings in one. Yes, the first is to grow spiritually for yourself. We must be diligent in that. But secondly, we've got to also be diligent in sharpening one another. Guys, we are in a battle, whether you realize that or not. Ephesians chapter six says that battle is not a battle against flesh and blood. It's not me fighting against you or you fighting against somebody else, but it's a spiritual warfare See, the enemy doesn't want you to move forward to the things of God, so he's going to do everything he can to counteract you, to push you away and get you to separate your life and your connection with Christ. So you've got to guard yourself. You've got to prepare yourself. But we've got to be diligent in sharpening one another. I would encourage you, this fall, plug back into life group. If you haven't been part of a life group yet, now is your season. Now is your time. We've got women's ministry. We've got youth ministry. We've got kids ministry. We've got young adults. We've got young families. We have a group for those over 50. Come on. We've got a men's ministry getting ready to start here in the next little bit. We do all we can to strengthen the flock of the church that he has laid before us. And we just read it, Ephesians 5, make the most of every opportunity. We cannot become guilty of just going through the motions. After all, it is impossible to truly serve God without serving others. Come on, do you believe that? Come on, it's impossible to serve God without serving others. Jesus himself said the greatest command is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. When we are serving others, we are serving God. When we are giving ourselves for someone else, we are serving God. A life of service is what we're called to do. Again, I know Pastor Luke alluded to it earlier, but man, Grow Track is where you need to plug in. That's the on road to everything here at Encounter. And our fourth truth is this we are given one reward. One reward. See, as we share the message of Jesus Christ, as we pursue that purpose, as we engage in the calling, we step into the greatest reward possible. Look at the latter portion of verse 35. It says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to what? Give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And then it goes on in verse 36 to say, When Paul finished speaking, he knelt down and he began to pray for them. I said it earlier. It's not about us. It's not about us, it's about the one. And a phrase that we've picked up and coined here at Encounter Church is this. We take on the hard and the heavy to make it easy for the one. We're willing to do the difficult. When I say we, I'm not just talking about me and the mouse in my pocket. I'm talking about us. We are willing to do the difficult, we are willing to take up the hard and the heavy to make it easy for the one, the broken, the lost, the confused, the hurting. Church, I challenge you today to be a people that don't just pray personal prayers, but to pray the prayer diligently for one another. We read it a moment ago, pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. We must be a people that are willing to invest in those around us. Yes, those in this room, but also those outside these walls. To make an impact upon our communities. To make an impact upon our co-workers. To make an impact in our schools. In the leadership. To represent Jesus in all that we do. Why? Because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And it's our calling to build His church. with an impermeable wall that the gates of hell cannot break through. I want to challenge you, church. I've said this a lot, but don't be satisfied with an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. This is just that opportunity for us to come together to refresh And encourage one another. This is our opportunity to to get pumped up. This is the, the pep rally, if you would. Out there's the game. We've got one mission, one message, one calling, one purpose. That's to multiply for the kingdom of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.